right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here recorded this interview with Abraham Answer last week here at the Players. Special thanks to our friends at Callaway that let us crash their shoot, use some of their time uh, with Abraham. They just passed it right over to us to give you guys this this content, which is greatly, greatly appreciated. Been wanting to have Abe on for a while, hearing about his background. I was really surprised to hear how much time he spends as well on business ventures outside of golf, how much he's on the road uh, outside of traveling to play golf tournaments. And uh, I think you're going to find that extremely interesting. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Cash App. You've heard us talk a lot about Cash App. I need you guys to get in there. Use code NOLANGUP when you sign up. It's the easiest way to send money to your friends, collect money from your friends. You can trade stocks on there. You can buy Bitcoin on there. We are going to be giving away cash starting in April in all likelihood. Got to get some terms and conditions ironed out, but get on there, sign up, use code NOLANGUP. They're going to give you 15 free dollars when you do that. Not only that, they are donating $10 to Youth on Course, so you are you are paying for a round of golf for a junior golfer and getting $15 and setting yourself up to win some cash for us. We're going to give some away on live shows here in coming months. I cannot say enough great things about this app. I've really enjoyed using it. Just bought some Tesla stock, if I may say that's not financial advice, of course, but uh, bought the dip, if you will. It's super fun. It's great. It's easy to send money and collect money from your friends and i can't say enough great things about it and their continued sponsorship of this show so without any further delay let's get to abraham answer do you walk around pga tour events with a different level of swagger now that now that you've won a wgc does it feel a little <laughs> different walking around no i don't think it feels different it's definitely nice to get that monkey off my back you know and and i always told myself that all right it's i feel like i've played good enough to win a tournament but it just didn't happen. I was like, I just kept telling myself that it was going to be a big one. So I was like, all right, just relax. It's going to happen when it has to happen. And uh, yeah, it definitely gave me confidence. But man, this game is so humbling. Like you feel, you can feel on top of the world one day and then the next you shoot 80. So it's, I try to stay pretty even keel. Well, it's weird. There's a, like a few guys and Scotty Scheffler has been in this group and now he's, you know, he's won twice, but there's a few guys that like you play really well. So you graduate into the biggest events which are also end up being the hardest ones to win. And then, you know, you, you have a high world ranking, yet you haven't racked up a win yet. Did you start to feel any pressure internally or externally uh, at any point? I mean, not not myself, just people. They're like, I can't believe this guy, haven't like you haven't won, and how are you ranked, whatever number in the world. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I put a lot of importance of like playing consistent and making a lot of cuts. And if you don't play your best, but still finish top 25, like I feel like, that's pretty rewarding, like knowing that, you know, I didn't play very good and I still had a, a good tournament. So just figure out a way to grind it out. So I didn't really put that much pressure on myself. Uh, like I said, I just kept telling me that it's just going to happen whenever it has to happen. Well, let's go back to to your background. I feel like I've heard bits and pieces, but you were, you were born in Texas. You moved to Mexico. When did you move to Mexico? How long were you in Mexico? You, of course, play under the Mexican flag. Kind of tell us a little bit about your background for those who aren't familiar. Yeah, so my whole family is from Reynosa, Mexico, which is a border town with McAllen and Mission, Texas. I was born in McAllen, so my mom's doctor, or family doctor, happened to be both in Reynosa and in McAllen, and then just decided to just be in McAllen. My mom was like, well, I'm not switching doctors, so I'm, I'm, having, uh, I'm having Abraham uh, in, in McAllen. I don't, I, don't, like, I don't care. 
ended up working very nicely for uh, immigration purposes. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have dual citizenship and I don't have to do any visas and all that. So that's nice. But yeah, as soon as I literally was born and then the next in two days, I was uh, I was raised in Reynosa. My whole family's from there. My culture. I mean, first language, Spanish, everything. I grew up playing golf over there up until I was 14, 15. And then I moved back to the U.S. Um, just because I really wanted to pursue golf and learn how to speak English properly and kind of go to the college and, and just kind of get a head start. Um, so I did high school, a little bit of uh, actually middle school and high school in the U.S. and then um, went on to, to college. Well, is it, you know, is from where you're from, is it a, a golf hotspot? Is it a hotbed? Is there a strong junior competition? How did you, you know, there's some things that had to happen between that and getting out to the PGA Tour. I it just, cover it, some of that. I mean, yeah, obviously golf and in, in just Mexico in general is just not that popular. You know, it's always football or I guess soccer, box and baseball, but that's about it. It's not really that much golf. Uh, and I was very lucky that Reynosa had a, a, a country club there and my dad took me to the golf course since I was in diapers and there was this little kind of junior league in, in the northern part of Mexico and wherever my dad could take me to tournaments he'll he'll take me and, and play and I just got I just fell in love with the game and just always just figured out how to get better or kind of make it to the next level and in never in my life I was like I mean it was just like a dream to get to the PGA Tour right so nobody from from Reynosa has ever um, really made it to the PGA Tour, I don't think. So, yeah, it always looked so far away, but it also made me pretty hungry to, to just kind of keep working at it. And obviously I got very lucky just getting a scholarship to Odessa Junior College and then thankfully playing really good that year and then getting a, a scholarship to go to the University of Oklahoma. So I was – it just – I worked my butt off, but also I felt like I got uh, got lucky to just – be in the right place and play play good golf at the right time what would you say you know the makeup of the pga tour has a background that's you know somewhat similar to yours versus let's just call you know the the opposite of that being the country club kids you know you see what i'm getting at there Is yeah it- i feel like there's that's the beauty of, of of golf i mean it's it's not just one recipe to make it out here and there's some guys that you see in college that they're like just absolute monsters and they're so good and then they it doesn't work out and they just happen to just fade away and not figure it out and there's some guys in college that you're like wow that guy has no chance and they're been out here on the PGA Tour for 20 30 years so it's just it's strange uh definitely I mean in Mexico it's you I mean you can say that you gotta have some sort of money to be able to play golf because uh, there's not a lot of public there's no no public golf courses so but I mean in, like for myself in, in Reynosa it was like you mean if you see the, the I love that golf course but I mean it's in pretty rough shape all the time and, and at the time it was like this is the best place in the world and when I go back it still is but uh, it's definitely not one of those places that you see you're like wow I mean that is a country club you know it's just but for me that was just amazing and it gave me the perfect opportunity for me to start playing and just fall in love with the game and and also get ready for I don't know what the weather is bad or the conditions not bad or you got a bad lie I I know how to hit some shots from from some bad lies for sure so when does when does professional golf enter the picture for you you know you said it it felt really really far away when you're playing as a junior obviously that changes at some point when did that become enter the picture as a reality it was always like I said like a dream and it felt so far away and I never really like believed like man I, I have what it takes but I felt at the same time that that 
just helped me just push my myself to just be as good as I could be. And uh, maybe if I didn't have that mentality, I probably would maybe not make it. So when I was at OU, well, before that, I played really good at Odessa. That gave me some options to see where I was going in college. But OU was the first the first college that kind of recruited me, and I just fell in love with the with the coaches and the the facilities. I mean, everything. I was like, Norman was. I thought it was the the coolest place. So played pretty good the first year. I was like, uh, I think a. Uh, all-American, but just like an honorable mention. I don't think it was like first team or second team or anything like that. And I was like, okay, like there's some guys here that are really legit. So I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. Like I'm going to actually try to make it into the PGA Tour. And first year after that, I, I qualified uh, for the Corn Ferry. I got through all the stages. Not completely locked up my car, but I had conditional and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, I mean, not that far away. And then from there, I was like, okay, I can, I can hang, I can definitely make it. And I haven't looked back. Yeah. What, what is, you know, when you got out there, were you, did you feel like you were prepared for that? What did you learn right away? What are things maybe you, you know now that you didn't know right when you got out there? I don't think I was prepared. And, and man, I, I was <laughs> is like, is anyone really prepared? I, I just, I don't think you are. Yeah. It's, it's part of figuring it all out. And, uh, and there's some guys that maybe felt really prepared and then when it's time to play, you're, they might not have played that well. So Q school is scary, man. I mean, it's just, I mean, you got to get through four stages if you're having to play the the prequel of the first. And uh, just knowing that if you just play one bad round, you're that bad round away from not having a job. So definitely scary. Um, but I kind of like that feeling of, like, you just got to perform. There's no, there's no other way around it. And... Um, Thankfully, I figured out a way to to come back the second day, got through all the stages again, and locked up my card. And then after that, I first year on the Corn Ferry, the full one, I um, got my card to the PGA Tour and then played terrible. Why'd you, so, why'd you play terrible? So bad. I started. Uh, I've told. I think I've told this story a couple of times, but I got to the my first PGA Tour event. And I was seeing, I was in the range. Rory was next to me, or he sets up next to me, and then DJ behind me. And it was cold, a little bit of into the wind. And Rory starts hitting these five irons, like straight up in the air, carrying like 205, 210 into the wind, cold. And I'm like, dude, I have no chance. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, no chance against these guys. And I started trying to hit it uh, harder and longer and and higher and that's just not that is just not my game and I spiraled down changing equipment all the time and it was just rough uh it was terrible but now looking back I think that was the best thing that probably could have happened because um, I learned all of what not to do in a short period of time so I missed a lot of cuts in a row I played really really bad and then at the end of the season I figured I was like hey you just got to go back to to what got you here in the first in the first place and then started working towards that and then went back to the corn ferry had a great season played really really solid got back on tour and i just got him better every single year so it's not you know your game didn't necessarily change from re seeing that and saying oh gosh i have no shot you just kind of went back to being yourself and that because you said i have no shot how am i going to compete out here and you do that now so what what changed in that process just a true finding your your uh refinding your identity i guess yeah just realizing that i just had to play golf the way I, I play golf and just get better at what I do. Which and, is, which uh, is what, what is what for people that aren't familiar and haven't watched you play so a lot of golf, what's your profile? Hit a lot of fairways, hit a, a lot, lot of fairways, hit a lot of greens, 
and try to make some putts, uh, eliminate big numbers, and just just keep the ball in play. So that's kind of how I how I play. And then if I have happen to have a week that I'm not hitting it that great, just figure out a way to make par. Like just doesn't matter if you look and you're short sighted or you you feel like you're done. Just always just figure out a way, like wheel the ball in to make par and um, just grind it out. And uh, I feel like I I tend to do that sometimes pretty well. Uh, I stop to do it obviously all the time, but yeah, just that, having that mentality of like, I'll figure out a way to just shoot on the par. A quick break here to check in with our friends at Whoop. You've heard a ton about the new Whoop 4.0. I have a confession to make. I let mine die for a little longer than I'm actually comfortable doing so, but I've been working out a lot. I've been getting to sleep a lot better. I've been drinking less, and I was excited to see to fire the thing back up and see some new data. My resting heart rate is down. It is really incredible to see how much your everyday activities can affect the way your body responds to, which makes a lot of sense, of course, but it is very interesting to see that data. The new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. It's got a new smart alarm. It's designed to wake you up feeling refreshed, ready to take on the day. It's also designed with their new Anywhere technology, so you can wear it with the Whoop body sensor, enhanced tactical garments, boxers, shorts, compression tops, bralettes, leggings, all that. Just remove the band from the device, slide onto your garment of choice, and you're discreetly tracking your daily activity with Whoop. The all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. For any members, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. And right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use code NLU15 at checkout. Go to Whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com. Enter NLU15 to save 15% at checkout. Let's get back to Abraham answer. So you're listed at 57155 yet your positive strokes gain driving every year your positive strokes gain approach you're a ball striker is is height a, is your height a disadvantage at all Um I would like to th- say no but I mean yeah do I want to hit it another 20 yards farther of course and that would be making it easier yeah but also I don't know if I will be hitting the fairway that that much so I like to not even think about that. I I work I've worked on my body a lot, um, especially to not get hurt and just maximize what I have. Those stats are actually they're actually wrong. I weigh one forty five. I was gonna say <laughs> I said listed. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was when I got on tour and I I lost twenty pounds actually. I was like one I was like one sixty five. Um, didn't really go to the gym. Terrible diet and um, but yeah, Saturday and Sunday I was gassed. So. Uh, I figured out that I needed to to work on my on my body and and make sure I I squeeze everything out of this out of this frame, uh, you know, to to get it out there and also to stay healthy and to be to be ready to go on Saturday or or Sunday in that back nine. You want to be fresh, so I realized I need to get better a lot on on that aspect, and I've been able to do that. So. Yeah, I weigh 145 now. I want to weigh like 140, like 155, but those 10 pounds, I don't want them to be fat. I want them to be muscle, right? So it's it's tough for me to gain that much weight and walking every single day and doing on going to the gym and all that. But how do you balance, you know, working on your body with both practice and competitive golf? Right, you have four straight rounds, hopefully, for on a, in a competitive week of playing golf. 
Uh, are you what? What are gym routines look like through that? How do you make sure you're not getting sore, getting fatigued? I'm always fascinated with. Anytime I try to get in shape, I'm like, well, I'm too sore to play golf right now. I can't. I can't figure out how you guys maintain that balance with the different temperatures you're playing at, different amounts you're sweating, weight loss, up, down, diets, all that stuff. How would you describe it? Yeah. Well, my my, my trainer is amazing at what he does. He's been doing that for a long, long time. He's a trainer and PT as well, so we do a bunch of recovery. Recovery is pretty much as important as working out. Um, but yeah, Mondays, for example, they're usually travel days. I'm, I'm doing a lot of mobility when I get back to, or when I get to the, to the place I'm heading to and a bunch of, a bunch of stretching, just make sure I'm not tight from that, um, from that trip. And then Tuesday is where I usually lift. If I'm lifting heavy, that'll be on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, it'll be another lift day, but maybe not as, not as heavy, but just more mobility and explosiveness and to get kind of speed. And then Thursday, once we're getting started, I'm doing a little workout before I play, mainly stretching and just getting all the muscles primed to um, uh, for the round. Everybody does it different. Yeah. I mean, I've seen multiple guys lift heavy before in the round. It's just everybody's got to figure out what works for them. And that's kind of what I figured it really works for me. Just if I'm going heavy, I'm doing Tuesday, then Wednesday, still lifting, but doing explosive stuff and just kind of get primed for the for the week. And then after that, I'm just priming my body for, um, for that. Now, if I happen to miss a cut, then I hammer the gym on, on Saturday. Just I thought you were going to say hammer the tequila. Cause we well, that too, <laughs> that too, trust me. But no, I mean, they definitely, it's a good way to, to kind of, if you're a little bit pissed off and you go to the gym and then definitely you can go get after it and at least feel like you did something positive towards getting better. Is it hard to to maintain a good diet when you're on the road when you're traveling? Like I, that that part amazes me too. Like people that don't travel with with cooks, I know some people have, you know, when they rent out houses and share them, they have cooks that, that come from time to time. But finding healthy meals is that just a? Are you just Yelp, Google finding? How do you do that? Yeah, and I'm look, I'm I love food. I I don't hold back. I for my weight, you think that I probably don't eat much, but I I can throw down some food for sure and. And I love it. And it's part of traveling. I, I love going to places and figure out what, what the cool spots is, uh, are to go. And not so much chains, but just really hot spots that people, I ask around, hey, where's the place to eat here? So, and I try to be a little conscious, you know, uh, not that many carbs and not that much sugar. But other than that, I hammer protein. I mean, I'm, yeah, steak, chicken, uh, fish, I'm everything. I love sushi. I Tacos is definitely my favorite food um i know sometimes I've, i have too many tortillas and it's like it's it gets out of control but i can do that every single day do you have a taco spot in jacksonville do you, are you starting to you've been out on tour enough to know some restaurants you go back to yeah i mean yesterday i went to uh i went to nana blue just because i want to support my boy mcdowell you know i've never i've never been so i was like you know what i gotta go check it out and uh, it's a really cool spot but yeah i don't i don't I try not to do the same spots. I try to like, you know, hop around and, and and find places that I haven't been before. But if you got a place for me to go, let me know. Taco Lou is the big one here in Jacks, and then there's some. I've other, been there. You and have been there. Yeah, the place is amazing. Uh, the people running it there are really really cool as well. Um, I mean, I gotta I gotta talk to them. We gotta get Fletcher in there for sure because yes. I know they sell a lot of tequila. So tell us about Fletcher. You, you have a couple businesses from what I from what I understand. How did you get into? First of all, I think it's like what everyone dreams of doing is starting their own spirit company. How did? How long was that process? How did you get into that business? Yeah, so that that has been 
a lot of work, but it's been awesome. And that's been, I mean, I've been working on this for a long time. I'll start from the from the beginning. Um, I met my my partner in in Flecha, Aaron, who is uh, who is like my big brother right now, pretty much or now. Uh, I met him in a pro am in four yeah Fort Worth in Colonial. And another Mexican guy, successful on a, in the oil and gas business. Now he's still still young. He's really young. He's still in the late thirties. I think he's about to be forty. And we just hit it off, man. And we we started talking about tequila on the second hole. And I was I always had that dreams. Right after college, I really got into into drinking tequila, and that was really the only spirit that I that I drank. Really, pretty much everything. So I maybe have one or two beers, and then I just go straight to tequila. Beer before tequila? That that seems like a recipe for disaster. No, I mean if I mean if you just do one or two, it's yeah. fine. And, and but now I might, I don't I just go straight to tequila. I don't even mess with with beer or anything else really. And I, I just fell in love with the whole, the process, it's, in, it's just incredible having to wait six to eight years for, for the agave to be ready to be harvested. And then, I mean, I just loved it. And when I met Aaron, I told, I was, we were talking about it and he was pretty much the same way. And I was just like, well, I just didn't have the time or the, or at the, at the time, the money to start a company like that. Right. So he was like, you know what, let's, let's do it. Like let's let's make it happen and we'll go full out. We're not gonna hold back and we're gonna give it a give it a good shot. And thankfully, I had some really good friends um, in Jalisco where we where we make our tequila, and they're amazing. They're like my my family um, where we where we make it, and uh, they're the third or second or third oldest family to ever make tequila. So it's they know they know what they're doing. And I told. Uh, them and Aaron, everybody's like, hey, we're going to do it. We're going to do it right. Because I feel like there's a lot of of brands out there coming out, and which is good. You know, We want tequila to, to grow, but we want to do it the right way. We don't want to just take advantage of kind of like the, the culture or that it's hot right now just to sell. We want to have something out there that is that is legit, that is traditional. We're not putting any additives or anything like that. So definitely we're really proud about uh, about that project. So are you are you involved in a lot of the day to day stuff like in, as far as getting it in play you 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 led with we got to get Fletcher and tacos and uh, Taco Lou like is that part of your job or how does yeah that, so, what's your role I mean since the beginning this was like when we started doing this this was five years ago really? so and like I said it takes time for the whole process to do that and then your aged uh, tequilas take time like our reposado is six months our añejo is eighteen months our extra añejo is three years so we had to wait that time to to launch so we launched uh, it's going to be two years in next month so um yeah that's crazy so we've been working on it for five years and we launched two years ago and now seeing it in because we when we started it's like okay let's go to texas and see how it goes and now we're in a lot more states and we're probably going to be looks like nationwide uh by the end of the summer so we're really really excited mark Wahlberg came into the uh into the project um we just we announced it in January, but we've been chatting about it for a long time. Um, he went down to Mexico with us, and he was like, "Man, this is the sickest thing." We'll, is there any room? He's like, "He's like, yeah, we'll we'll figure something out." He's here. awesome, man. He's awesome. Loves golf as well. So I think we got a great team. So I was just watching a video of a golf.com video you did that you were hitting balls on a driving range. There is that your driving range? Uh, in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. So. Another another friend of mine who actually introduced me to the family in in Jalisco, great golfer from Saltillo, Mexico. He's older. He's uh, fifty. He's fifty years old. 
he's a really really he's like my uncle uh, or like my second dad over there in, in San Antonio he lives in the same city I, I do always he's a great golfer scratch golfer never turned pro but always always been involved in, in either building clubs fittings and all that and that range just went up for sale and he was like what do you think about getting this place and, and making it like a really cool spot in San Antonio to get fitted to to just come hit balls and that range has been a staple there for a long long time so I was like yeah absolutely I mean let's do it I, I don't spend that much time in San Antonio unfortunately but every time that I'm there I definitely go hang out and, and, and practice and I mean it's got all the cool stuff for you to to get better and to get fitted so yeah so san antonio is where you live full-time and you say you don't spend that much time is that you just mean for for traveling for tournaments yeah tournaments and then i mean i stay really busy my weeks off tournaments are not really that off when i mean fletcher keeps me really busy really? and blackwell clothing line they were coming out with another company as well for so I, I stay really busy and i i like it i like it a lot i felt like before golf it was just everything right and i I feel like put me too much pressure just that was all I thought about so now that I got so many things thinking about outside the golf course when I get to the golf course I am pumped mm -hmm. to be there and I'm just like thinking about golf not thinking about Fletcher or anything else and I think it's it's helped me in a way although it hurts a little bit in my kind of personal time or family time or whatever but I do I do enjoy doing all those things because I'm really passionate about and why San Antonio? That's not there's not a lot of top professionals that live there. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, growing up, that was like the closest big city from from Reynosa, and I just I don't know for some reason I always liked it. I liked it a lot, and the food, the people were great. There's a lot of cool golf courses there. Uh, it's close to to home if I need to drive or if I need to to get back to to my family. And it just made sense for me. Uh, I always felt like if I wanted to live there for some reason. And I love it. I feel like it's home now for sure. I've been there for seven years now. Wow. So I want to talk about the President's Cup, 2019 President's Cup that you played at Royal Melbourne. First of all, what's what was your reaction when you saw the conditions of that golf course when you guys showed up that week? And you've played down in Australia. You've won the Australian Open the year before. But that's not conditions you normally see in uh, normal PGA Tour events. So what, what was your reaction when you saw that? I was pumped yeah. I, that's the kind of golf that just gets me super excited i love missing a green and having like four options of like kind of the shots you want to hit you can bump it you can putt it you can hit it off a hill or whatever and i just like that and the greens are absolutely perfect i mean i've never seen greens just that good throughout the whole week and it's tough i mean super windy super firm you can't even look at the pins. You have to use the slopes to get close or to the spots where you need to be. I was like, man, this is the coolest place ever. It's so good for so good for any style of golf, but match play especially too. I think anything that makes you guys aim a little bit away from pins, I think is it shows your creativity a little bit, your ability to use the slopes. That was some of the best the best viewing, and it looked like some of the most fun golf to play. And it seemed like what what is how do you describe I guess the international team atmosphere right I mean it's we we talk about this a lot of course of you know you don't have a common bond among all the teammates you know it's all not you know not even everyone speaks the same language what's it what's it like trying to build team camaraderie because you guys had a, obviously had a great run there at Royal Melbourne and we're so close to winning but how did the how did the you know Ernie Els come about you know putting that together and how did you uh, as a team come together Yeah, before that really making the team I didn't really thought about that but I was like man I can't believe it's like 
internationals we haven't won a tournament or haven't won the the president's cup in a long long time and when you think about it it's just so many guys from all over the world that just have to come together as a team for a week that most of the time they don't hang with each other and it's a different language so you're trying to become a team just that week and it's it's tough and i thought ernie did an amazing job of like hey guys this thing is coming up i don't know who's going to be on the team but you got to go out there and just hang with each other, play practice rounds, go to dinner, whatever it is, try to make an effort. And I thought a lot of us really bought bought into that and we started doing that. And now I feel like we have a, a way better bond or, or a great bond between each other. And some of the guys are playing amazing golf right now, actually. Some really, really good golf, which, which is really exciting. And But that week, Ernie's like, wow, it, this actually feels like a, like a team. Because two years before that, they were like, trying to figure out how to how to even speak to each other or what pairings are going to work and you get paired with somebody you don't even know how to say hey hit it left you know what i mean (laughs) so stuff like that that's crazy yeah i mean for uh, a team for especially if you're going to be you know literally on the same team in a four ball or foursomes like exactly communication's pretty important (laughs) (laughs) exactly how did your your pairings, your matchups, you know, come about? You played with Louis Oosthuizen, you played with Mark Leishman, played with Sung Jay as well. How did you guys end up figuring that out? Ernie had a system, if I'm not mistaken, and he was, was just trying to figure out what games matched, and it was pretty much kind of how how he did things. And I thought he did a great job. I mean, it was it was awesome. It was definitely a super exciting week. I've I've heard it from a lot of people say, like, hey, that was the one of the coolest tournaments to to look on TV. I mean, to to view on TV, it was a lot of fun. We were gutted on Sunday, man. It was, man, it was rough. Uh, yeah, what was the scene like afterward? Man, I mean, we were we were all down, like really, really down. Obviously, we wanted it so bad, and then we just came together and he's like, "Hey, guys, we we gave it our all. I mean, it didn't it didn't go our way." And then we started playing uh, Australian football, which was pretty cool. <laughs> and forget about it. And then we were just hammering some beers. But, I mean. It was, That's understandable. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were definitely got it, man. What? Uh, so, President's Cup is not a. If those that aren't familiar, it's not a blind draw. It's not a submit the singles lineup and see who you get matched up against. I forget the order of operations here because you go out first and you play Tiger Woods. Did you? So, so one of you guys picked the other one. Who picked who? I don't remember. So, Ernie had to pick first. Okay. Who who wants to go out first? So he picked me to go out first. And then Tiger picked himself. I think he he wanted to pick himself so he he could get done, and then like obviously yeah. be a captain, right? So it just happened to to work that way. So did you have a feeling you were going to get Tiger in that first spot? Did he ask if you wanted it or anything like that? No, no, no. He didn't ask. He he was Ernie was like, "You could we going first? I think we're. I think you're going to go first." I was like, "I'm ready to go wherever you want me to put me. It doesn't doesn't matter." What was it, it just like happened. going up against Tiger Woods at Royal Melbourne? That's got to be an incredible golf memory. It was, yeah. I mean, definitely playing against my hero. I mean, obviously, you know all the like the media stuff that went down that week. So that that part was kind of rough, just like I I I had to turn my phone off. Remind people for that that aren't familiar with what you're referring to. <laughs> well, I've talked about this so much, <laughs> but so a month before the Presidents Cup, I was playing in Mexico in Mayacoba uh, for the PGA Tour event. And they asked me, hey, yeah, you're excited about the President's Cup? I was like, are you kidding me? I'm, yes, I'm ecstatic to go and, and play. He was like, and they were asking me, fast forward to all the questions. They're like, so who would you like to play against in the singles on Sunday? I was like, well, I mean, no disrespect to all the guys on the team, on the other team, but I will, I mean, imagine playing on a huge stage against your hero. 
I would love to play against Tiger Woods. I mean, that would be a dream come true. And then the next day, I saw like Abraham answer on quotations, I want Tiger. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, well, that, that got that got twisted pretty bad, but whatever. I mean, it's like, and then I got hammered on like social media. It's like, who do you think this guy is? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, whatever. But then fast forward to the President's Cup and all that, and I'm playing good that week. It's been a lot of fun. And then I get, boom, I get paired with Tiger Woods. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be bad. I mean, as soon as that thing he announced, all right, I'm going out first. So it's, it's me against Tiger. I mean, my phone just exploded. Yeah. And I, I mean, the social media was just like, I don't know. I mean, it was it was bad. It's like this guy said that he wanted to take down Tiger, blah blah. And I might have made the same joke. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm turning my phone off. And I was like, man, I couldn't sleep. I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> but I was like, forget about it. I mean, not a lot of people can say that you played against your hero or against Tiger was arguably the best player in the world on a Presidents Cup in a golf course that I just love. I was like, just figure out a way and then try to beat this guy but it's just enjoy it and then he beat me <laughs> we, he, we both like it was a great match uh he made seven birdies or something in 16 holes i, I think yeah but i i i play i feel like played i played good. really well uh he just he didn't he did not miss he was very i thought he was pretty vintage kind of tiger how he played it was it was really impressive he was locked in and you can see that how different he is like in match play because i played with him i don't know a couple three, four times before, and he was, like, awesome, like, talking and, you know, like, I don't know, stories back and forth or whatever, super friendly, and then we get there, and he was like, I mean, this guy wanted to kill someone, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, I was like, okay, I know, I mean, I, I knew on, on the first tee I was, how it was going to be, he was like, all right, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, I mean, he didn't miss, he did his job, so and, uh, yeah. It was uh, it was really really cool. Did you see? Well, I don't know how long the deleting of your of your social uh, you know lasted, but did you see the 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 fake highlight that was put together of? The... No, no, I've never I've seen that a okay. million times. I figured as I figured as much. We yeah. Know if, uh, Absolutely. That, <laughs> every saying. every single meme or everything every I mean every golf there's, social media thing yeah. platform I mean send it to me directly. So there's people out there that I think still think that actually happened. It circ that thing circulated. It so kind of felt that way when he when when he made that putt, but no, it, it, guys, it's <laughs> fake. All right, relax. Well, it's fun. It's amazing. I was like looking back. You went three one and one, and you played brilliant, brilliant golf the president's cup and that that was the lasting image of it i'm sure yeah like, what the hell guys? it was it was i mean i was i was really gutted because sure. just imagine right you're you're saying something to kind of about your hero right like you idolized this guy growing up and then all that happens it was like the other way around and then you lose and then you lose the cup so i was really down for a little bit i was like man that felt brutal and he sucked dude. maybe if he would have still won it would have been a little bit better but still it's like man that was not the the message I was I was right. kind of getting across, you know. So I kind of I, I didn't like that at all, obviously. But sometimes it kind of goes that way. You got to be careful with, I guess, with what you say, even if you're saying something good. I was gonna say it's like a lot of the way a lot of those things go is if you if you heard if somebody heard you say it, it would they would hear the context and all that stuff. But if you if you take a, a quote somewhat out of context or make whatever you want out of it, it's a uh, it's hard because you want to be, you know, you want to show some personality and talk and tell stories and things like that. Yeah, too. And it's kind 100%. of hundred percent. It's a it's a tough game. You guys have to balance. Yeah, I, I, will I feel that. like now everybody now is like, 
whenever they're like on interviews, they have to really think of like what they're saying. Like it's kind of crazy, but this is the the world we live now, and yeah, everybody's like just just kind of scared of what. Oh, maybe I should have not said that. You know, it's like. Yeah. It doesn't feel as free as it just like you. You just want to say what you want. You Rarely know? do you end it with like, "Oh, I'm really glad I said that." Almost always, it's, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, "Yeah, uh... I probably shouldn't have done that. That was that was maybe a bit of a mistake." But what was it? so? You said playing with Tiger, you know, in stroke player and events. He's chatty and whatnot. What what is what do you chat with him about? What is he? Uh, what's he? What's he open up about? Well, I mean, it's just random stuff. Um, we played in Mexico. That was a really cool experience for me. That was the first time I played with him, and it was a WC event. Uh, I was the only Mexican playing it in Mexico. I mean, everybody was there. I mean, all of Mexico felt like it was there, and I was I was so nervous. I was like, I've never been this nervous in my life. Really? It's crazy on the first tee. And then, thankfully, he teed off first, and I'm there. I'm My hands are sweating. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was really nervous. And, I mean, I can just I, I, I just looked, and I was looking around. I was like, why are you looking around all these people? And then they announced Tiger, and it's a short par four. Kind of very drivable. You hit like three wood on the green, and he snap hooks at OB, and I was like, okay, it cannot be that bad. Then I was like, <laughs> if he did that, I was like, okay, it's gonna be good. Then I happened to hit a decent shot, make par, or whatever. So I was like, okay, that kind of made me like relax a little bit. But I was really, really nervous, and I can't. I mean, I can't remember anything really specific. I remember going on the. On, it was like hole seven, walking down to the green, and Tiger had his his putter, probably one of the the most popular club and in golf probably yeah. in history or the most valuable and my caddy's like hey uh tiger can i see your putter she's like that was like oh god no. was like <laughs> he grabbed it like no he's like yeah he grabbed it he's like man this is a little beat up isn't it and he was like yeah and i was like no just please give it back i was like i don't want you to do anything stupid he's like oh it's a lot lighter than i thought i was like he just grabbed it like nothing i was like man what are you doing <laughs> but he was super cool about it he didn't say anything and yeah he was like i said he was very very cool to play with and super super nice and then match play is definitely yeah. a little different story the switch that doesn't surprise me i miss that tournament man that was such a fun tournament to watch on tv wgc mexico i mean that was uh is it so it, it sounds like it is way different for you you know playing in mexico is it are you a where where is what kind of star power do you have i don't know how to ask that in mexico are you a big deal in mexico more so than in the states uh, I mean, maybe like in, in the golf world, I mean, if you just, I, I can go anywhere and I, I won't, I mean, golf, like I said, is yeah. very small, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think me and, and Carlos right now on the PJ tour, it's helping grow the game over there, which is really exciting. So with the kids, it, you you start noticing a difference now when you go somewhere, there's a lot of kids that are pumped up about golf. That That's what gets me really, really excited. That's where I've noticed the most difference. And, uh, and I love that. I really like to. To inspire kids and grow the game down there, and a lot of a lot of families are are putting a lot of money into it. To like for example, the Salinas family starting the first tee in Mexico that was huge, which is the same family that kind of brought the WGC to Mexico. So all of that, I mean, it's been tremendous what they've done, and um, so many so many guys are putting in an effort. And me and Carlos having some solid years out here and they're getting us a little bit more on TV and starting to get recognized. I mean, they're starting to realize that golf is pretty cool and it's, it's growing. So yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. This may be an obvious question, but I don't know how it fits with your schedule, but are you playing the Mexico championship this year, the new tournament on the PGA tour? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I figured as much, but I'll be there. It would be pretty bad if uh, there's two guys on the PGA tour and we, we didn't go play the tournament. I mean, I we got to, we got to support. And yeah, I'm always, every time that I, 
that I get a chance to play in my home country, it's it's amazing. How did that tournament come about, or do you know anything about it, or the the course that it's going to be at? I, it's I don't think a lot of people know that that's a new tournament on the schedule this year. Yeah, new tournament. So it's same family WGC. Just made more sense to have it as a normal as a normal event. I think just sponsorship wise or whatever whatever it is. But we definitely. We get the Grupo Salinas commercials back. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Improving Mexico's image in front of the world. There you go. <laughs> but also, it's cool that it's going to be the Mexico, the Mexico Open. So that's that's really really neat. I feel like I mean, you get hopefully. I think we're going to have a really good a really good field. Um, that turn the uh, the course I've actually never played it before. I know it's uh, just outside Puerto Vallarta. Um, it's going to be. I think it's going to be great. Vidanta. It's a good, really good resort. Um, they do it right. So. I'm sure it's going to be a blast, man. Hmm. So back on the Presidents Cup, what's the uh, what, what's the dynamic been like? You know, this year with with Captain Trevor Ermelman, have you guys had team meetings along the year? What's what's the camaraderie and the uh, the outlook for this year's team looking like? Yeah, like I said, I think Ernie set the pace of like what it should be like to to make it uh, more of a team, and I think Trevor is just following those steps really really well. I got to know him really really good. That I felt like that week I got close to. Trevor, he was he was walking with me um, on that on that Sunday and other rounds as well. So, yeah, he's been he's been awesome, super approachable. He, I mean, obviously, he's a great great player himself, and just knows now he kind of seen with uh, with Royal Melbourne what he needs to what he needs to do. And yeah, we're having some dinners and just hanging out. I mean, just getting to know each other and feel more like a team. I think is just the biggest thing, and uh, I feel like it's it's been working. Now, I mean, I've, I've made some great friends that week. I mean, the Aussies, they're super good. I mean, they're amazing to hang out with and, and play golf with. Obviously, all the Latinos, we, we have a great bond. But the South Africans, I mean, Louis, it, it just now it feels like we are good friends, you know, and, and we like to play with and against each other. And, and yeah, just go hang out, really. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this year. I hope uh, – I, I think Royal Melbourne helped – make a great competition i think it it made the two teams it just made it a lot more uh less of a driving contest which i think is very good for for golf yeah I, I absolutely hope, i know quail hollow is going to be more of a driving contest but i, I do hope <laughs> it uh, is a good competition uh how well would you how well versed are you would you say in in all of the uh current ongoings on the periphery of the pga tour life threatening leagues all the news that has been going around recent weeks and months. How uh, how involved are you in any of those conversations? I mean, not not really involved at all. I just like like I said, I was like, man, I just like to play golf, and I like I said, I stay really busy on my off weeks, and I just want to play against the best players in the world and just try to win some tournaments. So I don't like to really get involved in like politics or anything like that. So mm. I don't like drama. <laughs> <laughs> are there things that you you see you know on the PGA tour from your eyes or from anyone's eyes that you think? All right, these are these are my kind of top things that I think the tour needs to improve on. That's a really good question. I feel like maybe there's a lot of guys that are playing, let's say this week or next week or whatever, that are playing really good, and you don't really see them on TV. I feel like it doesn't matter who you are. You should be if you're playing good. You should be you should be up there, right? So maybe a little bit. I mean, for that, I think for sure that needs to get that needs to get better. Uh, but other than that, I mean, there's a lot of perks that are amazing, um, and just like the history, if you want to definitely like break some records or win some tournaments, and you're kind of you feel like you have a bond with, or you're like, man, I really want to win that tournament. You know, it's just the history. 
But um, yeah, the top of my head, probably that one would be the one that I'd be like, yeah, they need to show more guys that are in the in the hunt that they maybe are not maybe as popular, but I mean, people want to see that, right? Yeah. Now we love to complain about television. You can come on anytime and talk to us about, <laughs> talk to us about that. But so you put you would put yourself in the content uh, category as far as how the tours run and, and things like that, and for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, I feel like I mean you can. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I don't really like to think really much about negative stuff. And like, I'm trying to think right now, but I don't want to waste your time here. Me thinking <laughs> of like, yeah. But on top of my head, that's that's definitely the up there for sure. So Masters is around the corner. You've played in it twice. You played the 2020 and 2021. What's what's the learning process been like for that golf course? I know you played in two very different Masters. I would say just a few months apart from each other. But what is what is it like to try to? Is that you know what is it like to try to learn how to compete on that golf course? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I played that first time, and it was a completely different golf course that I played in April. I mean, remember hitting five or aiming three was in five woods right at the pin, and and then April you didn't sniff looking at the pin, so it was it was completely different. Uh, I played really really good that first time. I was in the final group, and I was like, holy smokes! I mean, I was not expecting that, but you just I like to just go, even though if it's the Masters or the U.S. Open or whatever, just there's a golf course you just got to figure out it doesn't matter you play against these guys all the time so it's just not you need to put more pressure on yourself it's just just it's just a golf course i don't like to even though it is one of the coolest places on on earth right but you don't want i don't want to be like oh my god this is like scary no i just just figure it out you just have to play some golf and yeah it takes it's definitely a golf course that the more you play the more you feel comfortable with and and understands where to hit it and where not to hit it and I feel like every year you go or every time you, you figure something out that might help you the next year. But like I said, that first year I had some success and then I, I played better than my second time around. So it's just, like I said, you just got to be on your A game and you just got to, you can't miss. What was it like watching watching DJ blow blow the field away like that on that Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was ridiculous. Cause I mean, it, was, it was so soft and he was just bombing it and just hitting it on a, on a I mean, a frozen rope all day putting well as well so I mean yeah I mean like I said if I get to a golf course where it's soft and a guy like DJ is hitting it straight and his wedges are dialed and I mean and he's putting good then there's not a lot really you can do right so I definitely need the fairways to be firm and you can roll out in the stuff and you got to do more than that. So you say that you were in the final group of the masters yeah, and you did well, pretty well. I was, soft. I was <laughs> striping my four and five iron like my, <laughs> and my five wood, but, and I was, I was, I was putting well, but if I, if my four iron and five iron weren't dead on, then I would have not even been close. You know what I mean? So yeah, like I said, it definitely will help to be longer, but if, I mean, I feel comfortable with my long irons too. So, do you sleep all right the night before playing in the final final group of the Masters? Actually, I slept pretty good. I thought it was like there had no chance. It helped probably that there was, there was uh, no people that right. that year. So it has that big of an effect on just energy and pressure. I mean, and whatnot. Yeah, it can go both ways because sometimes you feed off like the crowd. You make a putt, you get pumped up. Here you make a putt, you're like you're like <laughs> try to pump yourself up, you know. <laughs> but yeah, definitely when you get to like 11, 12, 13, maybe on twelve, you're a little calmer. Uh, still really nerve-wracking but you definitely probably will definitely feel the difference of like when you have a thousand people right behind you to like no have nobody there yeah 
Have you made any trips to Augusta this year? Or? I have not, actually. No. no. Like I say, my week's off. I know. Not, you're a busy man. <laughs> I stay busy. Part-time golfer, full-time entrepreneur, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, yeah, this past couple of years, I've been really crazy, but I like it, man. I enjoy it. Yeah. What, uh, will you make any trips to Augusta ahead of? Uh, I'm going to try to make it yeah. at least once, yeah. Is it, I mean, how different is the course tournament week versus outside of tournament week? I think it's. Well, in November, that was just weird. It was just the grass was really long. They're trying to get the grass healthy, and and it was like half bent half, or half uh, overseed and half uh, Bermuda, so it was it was strange. Um, it was super slow, and it's still beautiful, but um, it was very different. And then in April, it was kind of more where it's, it's supposed to be, but it's definitely softer, not as fast. Tournament week on, on that Monday... I mean, the greens were purple. I was like, it's Monday. Like, yeah. they were they were like this table, rock solid. I was like, this is going to be insane. But they have the ability to, they actually got softer, I thought. Really? As the, uh, yeah, like on the weekend, I thought it was softer than on Monday. It was crazy. If you were to, to look around on, on the entire tour and you could trade out any one of your skills for any one skill that someone else has on tour, what would you choose? No one ever knows how to answer this question. No, no, no. I kind of like this kind of questions here. Well, like if I have to switch my whole game or I have it to make just be a... like, I want to putt like so-and-so. I want to drive like so-and-so. I can, you know, you're swapping out one, one area of game that, of yours for another player's. What would be the most beneficial? Man, I feel like I've rolled it pretty decent in a couple of years, but you can always make more putts, right? Brendan Todd seems to be the most consistent stat-wise on, on putting. He rolls it. Every yeah. time that I play with him, he's wedge game, and putting is always really good. So, yeah, anybody like that will be great to switch putting. But like I said, you want to stay confident, and I'm sure. I'm confident with my putting as well. <laughs> Maybe I'll go, like I said, with the driving. Somebody that just pounces and hits the fairway out there a lot. Rory probably would yeah, be a good the, one. The way you were describing DJ's driving too, I was like, yeah, yeah. that's probably a pretty good, pretty D- good asset. DJ and, and Rory maybe have uh, maybe a little less fairways, but I mean, gaining twenty to thirty is not bad. Yeah. What was uh, tell me about the Olympics this past year? Is that uh, you know, I feel like it's been a weird kind of ride for golf fans getting into it and understanding the importance of it. Where does the importance of that event rank for you? It was, it was a lot cooler than I. I thought it was going to be really cool, but it was awesome. I was like, man, I, I cannot wait to to try and make the team for the next time in uh, I think it's in Paris if I'm not mistaken. It was it was awesome. Just playing, you're not you're not playing for money, you're just playing to to win a medal for your country. You've I felt I mean, all of, I felt like all of Mexico was like right there. It was it was beautiful. It was it was awesome. I got messages nonstop. I mean, it was really, really neat. The golf course was amazing. It was beautiful. It was in perfect shape. It was a little bit weird. Not we, we weren't able to like leave because of COVID and all that stuff. So we had to be. I love the Olympic Village. It was it was a really cool experience being with the best athletes in the world from the whole. I mean, from the whole world in the same spot. Yes, I was one of the shortest guys there. And everybody I didn't was, ask that. Everybody, everybody <laughs> was just absolutely ripped and just super tall. I was like, man. This is this is just really cool, man. And there's some guys that, for example, some guys from like France that are in the in the in the football team that play in Mexico, and I was just really I was like that was really cool because I grew up watching this guy play. It's pretty neat. Hmm. What uh, what what will have to improve for if, from here through the end of the season? If you do blank, you're gonna have a very successful season. How would you answer that question? 
Just make more putts. Just make more putts. It comes be, down to that. It'll be a good season. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. We'll get you out of here. We're recording this here during Players Week, so I'll say best of luck uh, in the Players Championship this coming week, and I'd love to do it again sometime. Absolutely, bro. Thanks for having me. You bet. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.